electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed... Are you interested in the movies? Do you like to make money? The leaders of a makeshift movie studio use a telemarketing scheme to trick investors all across the country to buy into the Hollywood dream. What they're doing is they're selling hope, right? But despite its fairy tale promises, Gigapix Studios isn't equipped to be anything other than a $21 million bust. Nobody else there ever produced anything. Not a movie, not a birthday party, nothing. On March 12, 2012, Chris Blaubelt enters the FBI offices in Los Angeles. His company, Gigapix Studios, is under investigation for a possible $21 million fraud perpetrated on investors throughout the country. And Blaubelt wants to set the record straight with the FBI. But in a surprise twist, Blaubelt doesn't act like he's defending a fraud, but uncovering one. I think that there's a possibility that there's enough evidence or enough problems here that if, if you could go through and do a forensic accounting of what's happened with the company, I think you'll find things that are pretty interesting. Gigapix has been raising money from investors claiming to be the next big movie studio. But after 10 years, it has almost nothing to show. The FBI wants answers, and according to Blauvelt, so does he. That's why I figured I'd come and meet with you, and, and whatever I'm guilty of, I'm guilty of. But let's see what happened and try and sort through this. Perhaps, Blaubelt suggests, it's not a matter of fraud, just poor bookkeeping. Can I tell you something? I have no idea about accounting. Good. <laughs> I won't talk about Chris Blaubelt may not know anything about accounting, but it could be argued that he doesn't know anything about filmmaking either. When he opens Gigapix Studios in 2002, the 46-year-old career salesman has worked in industries from beverage dispensers to telecommunications, but he has almost no experience in the entertainment business. But like the young actor getting off the bus in Hollywood, he has a dream. His whole idea was he wanted to produce animated movies which, in, you know, in theory, it's a, it's a great idea. It uh, you know, sounds, sounds like a wholesome idea. The problem he came into was the way in which he was going about pursuing that idea and raising money for it. Chris Blauvelt appears to think he can create the next great movie studio utilizing the age-old and eternally annoying method of telemarketing. He moves Gigapix into a 32,000-square-foot facility in Chatsworth, California. Presumably, the facility will be home to the next great studio. 
But in reality, it's little more than a call center for telemarketers to go after potential investors. Are you interested in the movies? And if someone says yes, do you like to make money? Yes, I've got a great opportunity for you. We've got a chance here, a really good chance to make a, a tremendous amount of money. Are you interested? The money was being raised as an ownership interest in Gigapix. So these investors would kind of get a shiny sheet of paper basically saying that now you own a piece of Gigapix. The pitch raises enough money to keep the company plugging along. But after years of promises, Gigapix has practically no product to sell. They had absolutely nothing to show. They had a very nice studio, they had some very high-tech equipment at the time, and they had a large workforce. But they had never been able to return maybe pennies to the investors that had put in before them. According to the FBI, it appears that may have been Blauvelt's plan from the beginning at Gigapix. It was wrought with fraud. They lied, either direct lies about what was going on, things that they were working on, how successful they had been, the fact that things were in production, or they omitted to tell them things, such as we're paying 15 to 25% commissions plus overhead plus other sales expenses. They forgot to mention that this was their first rodeo. They had never done this before. But then a strange thing happens in 2006. It appears legitimacy walks in the door in the form of a seasoned Hollywood producer, David Pritchard. Mr. Pritchard had won five Emmys for various projects he'd worked on beforehand. I believe it included The Simpsons, King of the Hill, some other projects. When Pritchard joins Gigapix, all of a sudden it seems like this boiler room might become an actual movie studio. He even makes a promotional video touting Gigapix's bright future. I believe we can not only execute the films that we have in our development slate, but we can execute them and have them become successful. So it's a big deal to blob out, and he touted the fact that now we have Pritchard uh, working at our company, now we're legitimate. Legitimate is a strong word. Unfortunately, Pritchard's arrival only gives Gigapix another tale to tell investors to take their money. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Five-time Emmy Award winner David Pritchard joins Gigapix in 2006. It's a shot in the arm for a company that has been promising quality programming for years, but has yet to deliver. This is a studio that is capable of producing really serious, smart, artistic films. You can look forward to the next couple of years as being the years where you actually start to get the rewards of your investment early on. Telemarketers now have a whole new story to sell. They supplement their phone calls with full information packets that provide even more outrageous misrepresentations about investing with Gigapix. 
But as you can see, it's very colorful, it's very shiny. It's to grab their attention. Again, it's all about hype. Mr. Pritchard is one of the most recognized and influential names in the animation industry worldwide. Look at these pretty pictures. Look at this projection. You know, look at what, look what Shrek made. Look what all these other Pixar and Jungworks and all these other animated films made. This is what we're gonna do. Eventually, Gigapix has pockets of investors all across the country, in places thousands of miles away from Hollywood, in distance and in spirit. Places like Sheridan, Wyoming. Penny McClurg lives just outside Sheridan in her childhood home. A former police officer in Anchorage, Alaska, she returns home after injury forces her to retire. The reason I had to quit, because I got in a really bad fight. This guy had killed his daughter, and he was beating up his wife when I arrived at the scene. It's a dangerous situation for the 22-year law enforcement veteran. He was huge, six foot eight, 283 pounds. He was so high on drugs, and I broke his arm in two places, and he never felt a thing. When backup and paramedics arrive, the subdued killer isn't the only one who needs medical attention. And the doctor said, Penny, we need to look at your shoulder. I said, I'm fine. He said, no, you're not. The injury ends her police career, and she returns to Wyoming. She earns a pension from the Anchorage Police Department. But in 2007, her brother goes through a divorce and needs financial help. Some friends nearby tell her about Gigapix. They invested over $100,000 in this company. And I'm going, if they've done this, then certainly it's legitimate. I thought this would be a good thing. At first, she invests $5,000. But over the next few years, comes to invest 50000 She even tells more friends in the area about the opportunity. All of a sudden, a handful of people in rural Wyoming are now Hollywood filmmakers. It's the same story all across the country. They were retired school teachers, uh, retired army veterans. Uh, some folks were labor union members. Um, and they were sold on the fact that they thought then that by investing in these animated movies, they'd be a part of Hollywood. And despite all of Gigapix's deceptive practices, it looks like Pritchard might actually make their dreams come true. In 2008, Pritchard hires producer Kip Conweiser to produce a series of Gigapix's first real feature films. David's dream for Gigapix, and what I was there to execute, was to take family pictures that were as if they were written by kids, for kids, made by kids. Think the hangover for kids. Kids get themselves into trouble. Kids have to take responsibility and get themselves out of trouble. And it's hysterical all along the way. Conweiser has won multiple Emmys and film festival awards of his own. And according to him, the reason he comes to Gigapix is David Pritchard. There are very few people that I can work for who understand the whole process from concept to delivery respectfully as well as I do. Uh, he's one of those few people. 
We're going to turn over, hopefully, two films a year that we're going to be able to produce and put into distribution. And the first one of those is Field Trip Blackbeard, and it's an action comedy, it's really funny, and it should be in the theaters in the first quarter of 2010. Blackbeard is the first movie of what we intended to be five movies produced in Iowa, um, or produced wherever, but it became Iowa because of the tax incentive. Iowa is offering a 50% tax credit for the entertainment industry to work in the state. Conweiser never works with Gigapix's telemarketing center. He gets financing for the film the way films often do. He uses the tax credit to secure financing from multiple established financial institutions. According to Conweiser, the tax credit helps Gigapix and helps Iowa. We are building a ship, a pirate ship, in the South Ridge Mall, which was a decrepit area of Iowa, beaten up, that we were revitalizing with our movie, literally, providing jobs and people moving back and schools, all kinds of things happening because we're making Blackbeard there. They are even featured in the local news. Building a boat in the middle of Iowa, how often do you get the opportunity to do something like that? I mean, our goal is to build an industry here and to build our company here. And we want to build the company here because there's a tax incentive here that allows us to do that with a lot more flexibility. Unfortunately for Blackbeard, that flexibility is shackled when Iowa suddenly dissolves the tax credit. We were two weeks from shooting. In prep, the last two weeks are the most expensive weeks. You've made 100% of your commitments to all of your crew and about 85% of your commitments to your cast. You've also made about 90% of your commitments to your vendors. At that time, I think that the LLC was exposed for probably a million and a half dollars of commitments. According to Conweiser, it puts Gigapix in an irreparable situation. He leaves Gigapix, and Blackbeard is abandoned at a huge loss. Production, total production expenses were approximately... FBI Special Agent Adam Storer acknowledges that the decision in Iowa is damaging to Gigapix, but he believes they have no one to blame but themselves. If they were reputable and they were able to self-sustain prior to that, they wouldn't have been in that same situation. They had misappropriated millions upon millions of investor dollars prior to that fiasco ever occurring. For years, according to Assistant U.S. Attorney Byron McLean, Gigapix has been using investors' money for things other than what they promise investors. So the first place where the money went to was that it cost money to raise money, um, but these investors weren't told that. But Gigapix spent probably 40% of the money alone just trying to raise money from investors. It got used up in sales commissions. It got used up to pay for the sales offices, the phone services that they have. Ridiculous amounts of money was being used for no things other than production. Blauvelt and, and Pritchard used investor money to pay for over $600,000 of personal expenses, trips, jewelry, luxury hotels. Uh, Blauvelt was paying for massages, which were costing upwards of $1,000, um, as well as the, the salaries they, they paid themselves, which totaled about $2 million. According to law enforcement, Gigapix's fraud puts them in the bind in Iowa in the first place. And to get out of the bind, they resort to a familiar Hollywood money grab, the sequel. 
the solution to the fraud was more fraud. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. In 2009, Gigapix is in serious financial trouble, and it seems to be a strain on the relationship between CEO Chris Blauvelt and President David Pritchard. And many of the problems appear to stem from Blauvelt's professionalism at the office. He seemed to be completely on another agenda and had no idea how to make a movie. Um, none. Um, and honestly, in my estimation, no idea how to run a business. Other employees tell law enforcement similar tales. There were stories of the fact that he was, you know, smoking marijuana in the office and that it could be smelled throughout the office, um, that he had a lot of girlfriends um, in and out of the office. He would go to the bars with other salespeople in the middle of the day. They would go to strip clubs, things like that. Yeah, it was not a, a typical work environment, to say the least. But the real point of contention for Pritchard seems to be the call center. He actually wanted to move the production piece of the company to a different location, separate from the sales, because he didn't want to deal with, you know, the, the, the salespeople, because he kind of knew that what they were saying was not true. Um, the problem is, is that Pritchard didn't do anything about it. In fact, Pritchard takes full advantage of the call center. Gigapix starts reaching out to more investors to invest in an animated film based on The Wizard of Oz called Oz 3D. You would go through the same thing. I'm an associate producer. Have you ever watched The Wizard of Oz? This is your grandkids' version of The Wizard of Oz. So we've really focused a lot of our assets and a lot of our attention on building a kid's business. And The Wizard of Oz is a really core part of that. But once again, the cash raised by Gigapix doesn't go towards getting a film on the silver screen. 65% of the funds were supposed to be used for actual production and release costs to get that film out in the theaters so it can make a return for investors. What actually ended up happening, and when we reviewed the financials, wasn't 65%, it wasn't 50%, it was like 5%. The money that was coming in, they were using to pay off these past contracts and the money that was owed, the debts that they owed, instead of actually to make the Oz 3D movie. It's possible Pritchard is trying to help Gigapix repay its debts to stay viable, but he is lying to investors to make it happen. The pitch never changed. This was a great company, great opportunity. We're going to be the next Pixar. You're going to be rich. He would write investors, letters to investors, that had misrepresentations in them. Gigapix Studios is set to become a pub publicly traded company. That was not true. That was a lie. Oz3D is in production. That is not true. Again, that is another lie. He also controlled the financials. And he was aware and authorized the movement of Oz3D funds into Gigapix Studios. 
he controlled those funds. He was part of that fraud. When you're talking with the investors, are you going through the risk factors with them? The FBI starts looking into Gigapix while investigating other similar film studios using telemarketing to defraud investors. When Blauvelt hears about their interest, he decides to get out in front of it. I really had no choice then to come to you. Really, the only way to do it is to go through the banks and find out how much money came in and how all the money was spent. And I think, well, let the chips fall where they may. The chips don't fall in his favor. On June 5th, 2014, he's arrested. David Pritchard is arrested the same day. When he speaks to FBI Special Agent Eric Podesek, he professes his innocence. But when the facts are laid out, Podesek says that Pritchard comes to understand the gravity of his situation. I asked him if his investors would have liked to have known that 5% of the money raised for Oz 3D was going to be used for production before they invested. And he agreed that he should have told that to his investors. I asked him if he disclosed the true state of the company after Iowa. And he replied that, you know, he didn't and he, he probably should have. And then when I asked him if he committed fraud, he didn't give me a, a, a yes or no answer, but he just looked down and he, he told me, I get it, I f***ed up. Nevertheless, both Blauvelt and Pritchard decide to take the case to trial. A jury finds each of them guilty on 12 counts, including mail fraud and wire fraud. The court sentences Blauvelt to eight years in federal prison and Pritchard to five. Despite the convictions, some things can never be recovered. Here's 6,000, 10,000, 5,000. What a mess. I'd like to push them up against the wall and just hit them, you know, um, for doing this. <laughs> what a scam. Penny McClurg's investment wasn't just for her. It was to support her brother as well. When he finds out the money is gone, he takes his own life. McClurg can't bring herself to talk about it. Time out. As the curtain falls on the Gigapix story, Victims like Penny McClurg learn the hard way that greed can cost far more than just money. People say that white-collar crime, the impact isn't as significant as violent crime. But in some circumstances, you know, they, the victims experienced equally tragic outcomes. Thanks for listening to the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.